all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. Good morning, and thanks for being with us today. This is Relatively Speaking, and I am Dr. Susan Buttress here with my producer, Jay White. So on some previous shows, we've been talking about brain health, brain improvement, how to to take care of our whole bodies by making our brain healthy, right? So in our continuing quest for improving brain health, today I want to talk about anger. So why do so many of us hang on to anger? That anger might be at our parents from the way we were raised. It might be about a sibling rivalry issue or a friend who perhaps betrayed you. Maybe a partner, or particularly a lot of people continue to hold anger at ex-partners. So why do we do that? Is it because we feel justified in having that negative emotion and we can't let go? There are probably some other reasons that we'll talk about as we move through. But the real truth of the matter is that Continued anger is bad for you. Repressed anger is destructive to our well-being. And I can tell you so many ways. We'll talk about that, too. So what I really do want you to think about as we're going through this show is why do we hang on to that emotion instead of letting it go? All right. Before I get into that, though, I want to make sure that you understand I am not saying that anger is harmful. Um, I don't want you to hear that. Anger is a normal emotion. It's natural to feel anger at certain things. Sometimes it's a good thing to feel anger because it sets the stage for you to maybe right some wrongs. It's... um, not bad to feel ang- angry. Um, and feeling that can sometimes lead to some positive change, right? So if you think about some of the things that you get angry about, perhaps um, some violence that has happened, or perhaps an injustice that has happened to somebody that you care about, or a group of people that you care about. Anger sometimes sets the stage for an action. And so that can be good. Um, 
Anger is not the same thing as aggression, and we'll talk about that as we move through, too. Um, Feeling angry can be healthy. It can be helpful. Aggressive behavior is not, right? So I don't want us to try to associate those two together too much, although anger can lead to aggression. And that's bad. And that is something that has happened in our society more and more that we really need to combat to make sure that people don't think that because you feel angry that there was an injustice or angry because something did not go your way, it doesn't mean that you can act out on it. Maybe it means that you can act in a positive way to make a change, but acting out on it through what we're seeing a lot of violence is is definitely not okay. Um, there is a way. We'll that's not part of this show, though. We can talk about it. Um, if anyone has a question, feel free to call in about this. Anger management can work because um, being angry can be healthy and a positive emotion. But being angry all the time and not being being able to let go of it is not healthy. And it's bad for your blood pressure, your heart rate, your vessels, your blood pressure for your heart. It's bad for your head. Um, It can increase the risk of many health issues that we talk about often. So anger management is a good thing if you're feeling anger on a um, long and ongoing basis, okay? So the other thing is that um, venting your anger doesn't, although we sometimes teach that in, in anger management, being able to vent anger doesn't always get rid of it. Um, sometimes there has to be a better understanding of why you feel angry and why you're hanging on to it. So just punching a punching bag or a pillow or something is not going to make everything okay. So you've got to figure out why you're doing what you're doing. And you certainly can't just ignore it because that won't make it go away. All right. Another thing I want to talk about, too, is about suppressing anger. So um, as I'm stepping through this, feel free to jump into the conversation about problems that perhaps anger that you can't let go of, about why you think that may be why you shouldn't let go of it, or if you've tried and it's just not working. All right. Suppressing anger. Um, Jay, I'm going to call on you right now. Uh-oh. I know I know you never feel anger, right? No. No. <laughs> no. 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 Do you ever feel the need to suppress your anger or do you just kind of let it out? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I suppress anger a lot, mm-hmm. I would probably say. Yeah. I think it depends on who you ask if I'm good at doing that or not. So, yeah, I think suppressing anger really isn't very healthy. And so you but but you do need to control it. Right. And so um, the question would be like, why would you have to suppress so much anger? Why is there so much anger? (laughs) 
Why is there? Yeah. Perhaps because there's reason out there to be angry. Like, why is the sky so angry at us these last several days in in Mississippi? Yeah. Calm down, sky. Yeah. The sky has been angry at us. (laughs) It has. It has been tough. I wonder how many people out there who are, are listening or trying to listen or maybe not listening because of lack of electricity. I had no idea how many people. Yeah have had to struggle with that. So, yes, there are probably a lot of people out there right now who are angry that they, after four days, still don't have electricity and Internet. Well, then the power companies, right? they got people strewn all about, you know, fixing the first day's problems, and then the second day basically came through most of the same area, did more damage on top of that. Right. More electric, you know, workers are strewn about. And here comes the third day in a row with more storms of the same magnitude through the same areas again, breaking more stuff and more power lines. It's like how the the first people couldn't even get their stuff fixed before they had to call out more people to fix more problems. And then it happened a third day in a row. Who who knows how long it would take? You know, it's like... (laughs) So in defense of the yeah. power companies, good grief. So like, yeah, over the weekend, my wife called our power company and, they, and she was like, do you, do you have an idea? Right. They said, no. A person in the neighborhood said they heard from somebody that works inside. It'd be like between Monday and Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, and then it was on like 45 minutes later. And I was like, now, that, whoever did that at the power company, that's they were thinking ahead. Just right. tell them, give them some absurdly ridiculous, like... Like maybe by next Friday you may right. have power, and then like fix it. That's then a you're very the hero, right? Then yeah. you're. It's like oh, we have the best power company right. ever. Right. Yeah. So that kind of anger is normal. It's a normal emotion. It's okay. What is not, and and you know the kind of anger we feel at all those things I mentioned earlier is normal and okay, and it doesn't hurt your health. What does hurt your health, two things, is hanging on to it forever and particularly suppressing it. So I want to talk a little bit about the, the why that suppressed anger is so bad for you. Um, de- denying those angry feelings, um, allowing other people to treat you poorly. Um, and, and Yeah, I thought it was interesting yeah. at the beginning how you – uh, how you very intricately walked through trying to say that anger can be good, maybe, mm-hmm, sort of, kind of, mm-hmm. without justifying a bad amount of anger or any kind of thing like that. But that's that was interesting. Yeah. To, to kind of, at some point, if something is going on, to, to have a stop point where you're not going to tolerate it anymore is a lot better for you. It's not all bad. Sometimes it can be good. But why do we hang on to it? And, and what does it do to us if we, if we hang on? Um, I want to talk a little bit about rep, uh, repressed or suppressed anger. Okay. Um, sometimes some people do that. Some people are more likely to hang on to anger and suppress it. And the reason for that may be uh, multiple. You know, some of us are raised that um, you shouldn't sh- show anger in public. It's a social conditioning thing um, because anger shows weakness and it's bad. Or maybe it's immoral. 
Um, maybe we don't realize it's a natural emotion because we don't see it from others. And so we think it's a it's a wrong thing. So you internalize that anger. And there's some negatives to that internalized anger. It, sometimes we internalize it, but sometimes we also externalize it at other people who haven't caused the issue. And I think in some relationships, many times, um, some of us experience that kind of thing where you don't even know why that significant other in your life is angry with you about something because you don't even see that you did it, did anything, and you may not have. It may be some repressed anger from the past that keeps bubbling up and keeps interfering with normal relationships. So there there are some things that can happen when you repress anger and you don't figure out how to let it go. You can feel depressed. I mean, really feel depressed or without energy. You can end up allowing people to take advantage of you because you think something's wrong with you. Um, that's not good either. You can become a little bit paranoid and think that everybody's going to behave the same way the other people behave to you. And that's not good for you. Or you can become um, passive aggressive. And that behavior is probably as destructive to a relationship as any anything can be. Um, and those passive aggressive behaviors can 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 be subtle sometimes, like just kind of forgetting to do something that you said you were going to do because you're angry with that person, or perhaps um, procrastinating and and causing a problem because you procrastinated. Um, sometimes, and I know you've all seen this in relationships, is sometimes there'll be sort of this sarcastic making fun of remarks of somebody, knowing that um, those remarks are somewhat hurtful, but trying to make them a joke. So so people might think, well, it was just a joke. Really, really didn't mean that. But um, those are the kinds of behaviors that that um, repressed anger can cause and you could see why they would be so destructive to a relationship, right? So, um, listeners, have you ever had that kind of behavior in your relationship? Or do you think you've ever been guilty of any of those behaviors? Are you struggling now with forgiving someone and staying angry at them? Or do you think you really need to forgive them to let go of the anger? Have you ever? I think everybody has some of that to some degree, right? Yeah. Yeah. Every relationship, period? Well, I would I, I would say that you are absolutely right. Um, does anybody out there, <laughs> I would like to hear this, does anybody out there have a relationship with someone where you've never felt a bit of anger? You know, occasionally you'll hear this couple, we never disagreed. <laughs> And that is just hard for me to believe. Yeah. Isn't that hard for you to believe? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my parents had, I thought, a wonderful, beautiful love relationship. 
But I saw them disagree, not often, but occasionally. So I, I do believe, I, I don't know, listeners, I'd like to hear from you. Maybe a hazy definition of disagreement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so maybe yeah. they've never had some full fledged fight. Yeah. Or argument. Yeah. Where dishes were thrown and stuff like that. But, you know, but maybe I think, they haven't had that mm, argument. Right. But disagreement, come on. Disagreement. Nah. And does disagreement mean anger is emoted? <sighs> Probably most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Because uh, if two people lived in each other's personal space for mm-hmm. how many ever years mm-hmm. or 10 minutes or 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, come on. Yeah. What, what is that relationship like if they've never had a disagreement? Yeah. What? Yeah. I wouldn't um, want a relationship with somebody like that yeah. where I didn't like have some sort of disagreement where I learned something from mm-hmm. it or how do you, if mm-hmm. no one's ever disagreeing with anything, how are you? learning from one another or any situation or scenario okay listeners (laughs) we need to hear from you i'd like to to hear your thoughts on that um and when you have a disagreement um in a relationship um is anger always there so while we're waiting for people to call in i am gonna tell my ted lasso story because i think it points out something really good about what repressed anger can do to you. So um, I don't know if you've not watched it. Let me set the stage for you real quickly. Jamie Tart is this incredible soccer player on Ted Lasso's team. He is the star. He is amazing. Um, and but mean he is narcissistic and sarcastic and talks down to people all the time but he is such a star he's this good-looking guy that everybody just hangs on his every action so you know as the show develops you start learning maybe why Jamie Tart is such a jerk um, and what we found out is his father, James, was um, just a an everyday guy who was terrible to his son. He thought that he was going to make his son tougher, a man, a better soccer player, a star, if he always talked down to him, told him he was never good enough, and demeaned his performance. And um, he one day goes into the locker room and is just insulting him and being horrible. And then right after that, dares to ask him for tickets for him and his friends to the next soccer game. Um, and so, to and they're playing against the home team, his home team. And so Jamie gets him the tickets, even after his father was terrible to him. And so the next thing that happens is the father and his friends go to the game, and what do they do? They cheer against Jamie and hurl insults to him. And so it was a a horrible scene, um, just mean, and and Jamie is, is just devastated, angry. And it completely destroys his soccer game. 
the next game, he's afraid his father's going to come to the game and do the same thing. And um, and Ted Lasso comes and talks to him after Jamie injures himself, is playing terribly because he's completely distracted, wondering if his father's ever going to come in there and and start yelling again. And um, what Ted Lasso does, he's just an amazing coach in the show. He um, views it. He takes him to the side of the field as they're looking at his injured ankle. Jamie's furious. He's angry. He knows his mistakes, um, that, that father's terrible behavior probably drove him to be a better player, but also drove him to not be a good man. And what Ted, Ted Lasso says is, he says, it's time, Jamie, that you forgive your father. Just because you acknowledge that you, acknowledging that Jamie doesn't deserve your forgiveness does something for you. It gives you the freedom that comes from forgiving him and letting go of the anger. So, then Jamie becomes this great person (laughs) and is nicer to people because he's let go of that internal anger that made him turn on everybody else, including himself, because he never had a decent relationship with anybody. So, um, you know, again, I think what Ted, he gently suggests that it's time for Jamie to forgive his father saying that James doesn't deserve it, but that Jamie deserves it. I like that, don't you, Jay? The the thinking that way, that if you had somebody who, who was so horrible to you and demeaned you all your life, I would, you would have anger for a very long time, right? I would think. Absolutely, yeah. I would think. But to have that anger, it eats away at you. That chronic anger is terrible for your your body and your mind. So to let go of that anger, whether you truly forgive someone or just let go of being angry with them, gives you the freedom to have a clear head and a clear mind. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Listeners, have you ever had to let go of anger or are you still struggling with that anger and and if you are how are you how are you trying to step through it um listeners as you all know um your stories often help others and i've heard that over and over again from listeners who have commented that hearing Hearing some of the stories rings so true for them. So like you were saying, so what he had to do was in a situation where if you're going to hold on to that anger as long as that other person is not going to forgive you know, or ask for forgiveness, which in that case, in that situation was never going to happen. Never going to happen. This is a way that you can let go of that. Let go of that. Regardless. Yep. Yeah, waiting, that is another thing that people do all wrong. I'm glad you mentioned that, is to let go of the anger, not let go of it until you get that apology you think you deserve. 
because it may never Why is it our human tendency to make that a one-for-one exchange? It doesn't have to be. You should Mm -hmm. tell yourself to, nah. Nah. Don't let that control you. And that, but why, why, you know, why don't we think about that's Oh, that's awesome advice, Jay, from where you're sitting, right? It's easy to think about that, not in the moment. It, it is. But if you make your head center, if you pull yourself to the center instead of continuing to go off on those emotions, then you can get there that why am I letting this anger control me and that person who caused the anger in me still control me? And that is what a lot of people do. I'm going to roll into the next piece of this. That's what a lot of people do with ex-spouses or ex-significant others, whether married or not. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They continue to have that anger that I've been done wrong anger because of maybe several reasons. They're not yet ready to let go of that relationship. Maybe. Um, maybe they're waiting for that apology that will likely never happen. Maybe it's a way to continue to control that individual and make them look bad. But for whatever the reason, many times we are destroying ourselves while we're thinking while we think we're doing something negative to that other individual. So, and, and a lot of times, um, if you think about what, what really is going on with yourself when you're having that continual furious anger at that individual who maybe you're being passive-aggressive to by making sure that whatever kind of visitation doesn't happen in a timely manner, or whatever, it it keeps us from being the real person and the good person that we should be. I just wonder, why? Why do we hang, hang on to that anger? I, I have to tell a little story about myself real quickly. Um, I had an individual, this is many, many years ago, who was a, a partner in work, um, very, very much somebody I admired and cared about. And um, and she did something that was uh, very damaging to what we were planning to do in work. It, it really almost destroyed a program that I was trying to set up. And I was furious. And, um, of course, she left um, to do something that was somewhat destructive to what we were trying to do. And she left work, and um, I didn't see her for a long time, and I harbored some anger. And then I made myself work through it and realized that it was really, really hurting me. And about, oh gosh, seven, eight years later, she sent me uh, an email of apology and, and wanted to reconnect his friends. And I accepted the apology and told her I'd already forgiven her, um, but was not willing to be a friend again. And I thought about that a lot. Was that bad of me? Was that negative of me? And um, I don't think so, because uh, it was a, a very deep hurt that I let myself get through, and I forgave. And I did not continue to have 
have the harbored negative feelings, but just felt like maybe that was not the individual that I wanted to stay friends with. That's tough. Um, well, if your conscious asks yourself that question, there's a reason. Right. It's got a red flag in there somewhere that it ran across. Yeah. You didn't have nothing to do with it. Yeah. But so, it said, hey, look what I found. Uh-uh, maybe not. Yeah. But it's okay, and you're not affecting my life anymore. Yeah. All right. We've got a couple of pho- um, people on the phone, so I want to hear their stories. We have Dave and Flowood. Hi, Dave. Good morning. How's things going? Great. Glad you called. Tell us what your thoughts Listen, are. Okay, I got a little input, and it involves anger and frustration and exasperation with all the things that we have to deal with these days. But I figured out at 69 years old, being retired, that if I didn't create the problem and I can't fix the problem, or I can't control the problem, but most importantly, if I can't fix it or make it go away no matter what it is or who it's with, it doesn't deserve a nanosecond of my concern or worry or whatever I'm doing, and I just let it go. I like it. If you didn't create the problem and if you can't fix the problem, then you can't dwell on the problem, right? Yeah, if I didn't create it and I can't control it to make it better or worse, but more important, if I can't fix it, then it needs to not be a part of my thought process because it takes a toll on us. Uh, You know, we're all dealing with things that are out of our control mostly. And if you care about your quality of life, you kind of like to deal with some things and put them behind you and make it better. But these days, that's extremely hard to do. Yeah. I think that's good, really good advice and and something that I think so many people don't realize. There are certain things you you may not be able to control it. Perhaps you can take baby steps to try to um, fix some pieces or parts of it, but... But you can't dwell on on that kind of thing. It'll eat you alive. And, you know, right? How did you come to that, Dave? Well, I'm dealing with uh, a lot of issues that, like an alcoholic brother that I have gone, you know, above and beyond. But yet, I can't cut it loose. Uh, He's my brother. I love him. I always will. But I have done all I know to do. Got him in a free rehab, uh, you know, and, and that's one of the things that that bugged me the most because he's my brother. I love him, but yet, you know, as a man, you know, we we kind of like to feel like we can fix things, and mm. this is just something that's that I can't. But yet, I've done everything humanly possible to try to put it aside, but yet it still won't go away. But I can keep it at bay. You know what I'm saying? And I've got a clear conscience because. I know I've done all I could have done. Good. Mm. Yeah, that's a tough story. And that's hard. And I know many of us have struggled when there was a family individual who had an issue and you so badly wanted to fix it, but you could not because you couldn't control the situation. And so... Prime example, I'm right there. So yeah, yes, 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 indeed. Yep, yep. Well, good for you, and good for you for trying to help. But, you know, I think the bottom line is, at some point, the the truth is having supportive structure, being there for your brother 
when he really needs you and realizing that it's going to have to be his decision ultimately in any kind of substance abuse or addiction it's got to be your decision your mindset to get started and then to take exactly. the steps yeah so all right well just i just thought maybe that might help somebody have a little bit different slant if you're at the end of your rope because sometimes that's all you can do is just put it put it to the side you've done all you can i agree I agree with you. Thanks so much. Yeah, that's a great call. You you can apply the same logic sometimes to stuff as soon as people try to put something on your plate. You know, if you've already got a full table and somebody comes to bring you some more for your mm-hmm. table and you don't have no space, mm-hmm. uh, if you can apply, if you can get comfortable with making a yes, no decision about things immediately mm-hmm. instead of letting it linger and then getting tangled in with all these other shades of gray that you've already got poured all over the place. If you can make yes, no decisions about something right now and not be worried about it if the answer is no and not worry about if those people fix it or if they get it done, because that's what I'll do. This 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 baby child will come ask me to do something. I'm talking like Jermaine now. They'll come <laughs> ask me to do something and I'll entangle myself in their thing uh-huh. and even though i can't help them now i'm in i'm invested in if they get done or not i've had to teach myself and i'm 44 years old i'm just getting okay at this now yeah. i'm just getting okay at being able to say no nah, i can't help you with that and not worrying about it yeah. even though that's my child right there yeah because i know that child's 16 she can figure it out yeah. i promise and if she can't maybe she needs to learn how well, but that I can't is, be the person to teach her right this second, and I'm okay with that. That is so hard. That is so difficult, that that yes, no, and not get getting entangled. And um, and that might be setting the stage for for an, another show, I think, because that's a, a huge deal of of making a clear decision and declaring. Um, where you're going with something. But the thing Dave's talking about, it's it's even more important because if you're on the back end of a long relationship and being able to just say it's okay to untangle yourself from it and just being like, Meh. yeah, I don't care. I'm choosing me. Yeah. And no one else. And that's okay. Yeah. And I'm not worried about what you think about it. Exactly. That's, that's a hard thing to do. But to be able to find a way to be able to do it, that's and, huge. And I imagine that Dave felt a lot of anger at his brother mm. for not being able to get through, you know, the addiction issue. But at some point, you have to let go of the anger. But I, I bet, you know, there was a lot of anger in there. And I think that's probably why he called is he figured that he had to let go of it, perhaps even forgive. And I think in substance abuse issues, many times um, forgiving the individual who has engaged in the substance abuse is probably a good step in many families uh, to to just say, I forgive you. Um, and at some point, yes, I felt a lot of anger with you. I'm not going to feel angry anymore, but I'm also not going to go down that road and entangle myself any further. Yeah. At some point, because at some point you've got to realize that you're enabling it if you if you always are there rescuing we have Kat who's been holding from Mobile. I want to get to her before our next break. Kat, hi. You have some comments about 
religion. Talk to us about that. Yes. Um, um, How do I want to say it? So, practicing Christianity has um, been a humbling experience in that I hold anger differently now. So, things do upset me. I'm not going to act like I'm an android or something. Things upset me, but I'm able to release them a lot quicker now. Because one of the um, scriptures that really gets me in check is Matthew 6 and 14 and 15, and it talks about, and it's in red now, (laughs) and it talks about if you forgive men of their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so for me in my life as a Christian, I have to really assess Okay, I do feel justified in my anger, and I don't want to forgive, but God also forgave me. So now, I have to forgive the way I want to be forgiven. And that's really hard. It's a hard pill to swallow to accept that I've done things that I needed grace for and that I didn't get justice for. Mm. Because there's a lot of justice that could have been exacted on me, but I got grace instead. Mm. And so now, I have to like not grudgingly forgive, you know. Mm-hmm. If you want to hold on to that justification, but for me, my end game is not to always exact justice. You know, I have a, a, a greater goal that I'm trying to reach. And so scriptures like that are very humbling. Yeah, it really... <laughs> I'm so glad you pointed that out. You know, there's so... Most religions are exactly, in fact, I would say almost all religions are the same, have the same um, type mentality. But, yeah, for those who are Christian and pray um, the Our Father, um, forgive us, forgive our trespasses as we trespass against others. Um, Wow. Forgive us like we forgive others. Man, are, do we really need to pray that? So I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I think that, that every other, Buddhism, Judaism, um, Hinduism, um, all look at caring about your fellow man and taking care of your fellow man. So, Kat, thank you for those words. You always have lots of good things to say. And I have one quick, quick quote. Can I get it in before the break? Sure. Okay, it's from Nelson Mandela, and it says that resentment is like drinking poison and hoping it will kill your enemies. And that's all. Wow. That's a good one. That's a great one. Thank you. Resentment is like drinking poison and hoping it will kill your enemies. I love it, Kat. Thank you. Well, let's go back to the phones. We have CJ from somewhere. We're not going to ask where, um, who has a comment about toxic people. Hi, CJ. Thanks for calling. Yes, ma'am. Um, I just wanted to say that I grew up in what I now know to be an extremely toxic family. Mm. And it had, you know, a, a very difficult impact on my childhood and early adult years. But finally, I just realized with toxic people, you have to have boundaries. And those boundaries don't have to be mean or, or vicious. Um, I know my grandparents were 
toxic toward my mother. She's toxic. Now that she's older, I never want to have to look back and think that I treated her in some some kind of negative way. Mm-hmm. But I used to have these boundaries. You know, if you ever did anything to my mother, I don't care if it was 50 years ago. She's going to bring it up, grind it in, and keep going with it. Oh, and, goodness. That's terrible. <laughs> terrible but for I, her. I have these cues now where I'll say just little things like, do you ever think it's you? You know? Mm-hmm. Or, wow, that was a long time ago. Do you remember what you ate for lunch? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it, it just amazes me that she can hang on to all this negativity all this bitterness and just never let go she has no friends i am the only person in her life and i thought if you if you are going to finish out this role in your life not her life but my life you've got to find a way to deal with it and you know sometimes i just say stop i don't want to talk about that I don't, you know, you may hate my dad, but I don't hate him, (laughs) you know? Right. And it's it's a constant balancing between respect and trying to love her, but not allowing her to abuse me. Because toxicity is abusive. Yeah. It is just abusive. And, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of other people have had this same experience with their their parents. But, you know, you cannot let people change who you are. And I met this wonderful man who I was married to for 25 years. And one Christmas, we were at my mother's home, and it was toxic as always. And he reached down and took my hand, and he said, have you had enough? I said, yeah. He said, okay, we're going home. Wow. Later. So we get in the car, and he says, you have got to take your power back. Oh. You don't have to. Yeah. That, that was a... Perfect. Yeah. Take yeah. your power your, back. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Life is your power. Your space is your space. And nobody has the right to question and criticize every single thing you do. I don't know, CJ, if you heard Jay, but he's he's in the booth and he whooped in the background. He was so proud of your husband or your your your. Yeah, you said it was your husband who said that. Yes. Take your power back. Yes. And yes. Jay, I know you want to say something here. Go ahead. Oh, I was just hooting and hollering, yeah. Just hooting and hollering. No, that... So many times when I hear Jay on the radio, I think, that's got to be my little brother. It's got to be. (laughs) Because he stands up for himself, but he's not, you know, ugly about it or anything. But I can tell he stands up. No. (laughs) He's a really nice guy. Yeah. You know, and I always think when someone gets a negative reaction out of me, I always think they took my power. They took my power because I'm not ugly. I'm not negative. I'm not mean. And I I don't know. Just that one comment, I've carried that with me through 30 years of my life. Don't give your power. 
Yeah, don't give up your power. And, you know, that that actually goes back to exactly what Jay was saying, um, getting tangled up in, in other people's issues and other people's anger or hatred um, is is destructive and never good. And the the other thing you talked about is your mother and I guess your grandmother, you know, re, reliving right. the past, reliving the negative, revisiting all of that, which is of absolute zero value. And if yes, people would... Right. It's it. That's the kind of thing that chips away at you and makes you look and act like a person who is miserable. You can look at those individuals, right? You can. You can see where, you know, they don't have the pretty laugh lines that are that are so wonderful to see. What you see are the the negative frown lines that that are always there. So don't let those kinds of people take away your power. I love it. So, CJ, is your husband still with you? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. So Uh he's in your heart still and in your mind. Oh, yeah. I hear it. I hear it. So um, I'm so glad you found him and he found you because you sound like a very resilient person. And, you know, so you can come from that toxic, negative environment and still turn it around and make it good, right? Yes, ma'am, and don't participate in it. Don't participate. You you do not have to participate. You don't. Thank you. What a great final call, CJ. Thank you so much for calling. I'm going to give you one final thing again from Ted Lasso. Um, He said, I hope that either all of us or none of us are judged by the actions we take in our weakest moments, but rather for the strength we show if and when we're given a second chance. I like that one, too. Okay, thanks, everybody, for, uh, again, just being there for us and allowing us to have this great show. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, and funding is provided in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and support from listeners like you. If you'd like to hear this show again or any other past episodes, you can listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Just search Southern Remedy Relatively Speaking. This is a production of MPB Think Radio, produced and engineered by Jay White. Call screener was um, Abram Nanny. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.